Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Marvel Movie News, let there be carnage because that's the official title of Venom 2. We're going to talk about that so much more, including the Spider-Man title. There's just a lot of title talk. It's a lot of title talk, but we're also going to get into the best alternate Marvel reality to talk about. And there's so much, so much to do on today's Marvel Movie News. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. We're live, Zach, and oh, uh, welcome okay. to Marvel Movie it. News, everyone. I lost I could audio hear there Ryan. for a moment. Yeah, I think, I, I think that uh, you weren't hearing Ryan. <laughs> I was not. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to marvel movie news thank you for covering for me christian that's what i'm here for uh thank you everyone for joining us uh i'm zach wilson that was christian blatt covering my ass uh and uh uh, oh boy we're off to a fun start today folks uh zia anderson unfortunately could not join us this week as we uh, like to say on assignment honest yes uh zia is on assignment uh she's rereading house of m is what uh, is what i heard uh <laughs> it's probably so we're going to talk about uh but we're we got a lot to go over and we want to welcome a uh guest to the show he is an independent comic book writer for uh his series uh the alternate is available now on comiXology it's jeff winstead hey jeff hey guys thanks for having me i appreciate it jeff thank you so much for joining us and uh although i didn't prep you for this i'm gonna put you on the spot yeah, in the moment, yeah, yeah. Uh, because let's introduce you to to our merry Marvelites. Uh, who is your all time favorite Marvel character or characters? I'll let you cheat a little bit if you're like, I don't want to make, I don't want to have to pick between two favorites. <laughs> ah. Who is your favorite Marvel character? Yeah, sure, it's an easy, obvious choice. I'm a Spider Man guy. Um, if I had to go number two, I guess I'd go Hulk, um, mostly based on the Peter David run. Uh, but yes, total you know Spider-Man all the way. I've followed that book since I first got into comics at thirteen. And uh, no one's gonna fault yes. you for love and Spidey. Yeah, yeah, what can exactly. you do? It's very relatable when you get into the book as a teenager, you know. So it really it, it hooks you in that way. So yeah, which uh, Jeff and I started reading in, in similar time periods in the in the mid '80s, and this is when Peter was in grad school. So the editorial thinking a few years later was, well, nobody can relate to a Spider-Man that's still in grad school, but uh, you know that let's let's make him younger again. And uh, I don't know, I kind of liked that uh, that you know that he'd actually the character had gotten older, and uh, you know we get uh, a lot of exciting things that happen in those that era of spider-man including a character that we'll be talking about the title for his big screen movie very soon yes that's right uh well we'll also be talking about the title for spidey because we got not the whole title but we know a piece of it uh we'll tell you what piece coming up uh so we're gonna we're gonna break all that down we've also got some updates on guardians of the galaxy three 
Uh, by update, I mean like James Gunn did a Twitter Q and A or a, an Instagram Q and A, and we're gonna we're gonna overanalyze one thing that he said, uh, and we're gonna play some we're play, gonna play a fun game and uh, talk about the best alternate realities uh, at the at the back of the show. So let's get started uh, with the big news, our our lead story for this week, and that's Venom, uh, or uh, if, if you want to pronounce it the proper uh, movie way. Venom, because uh, you're not allowed to pronounce it any other way. Uh, and so Venom 2 officially has a title, and it is they did a double whammy announcement because they gave you the good news that the new, there's a title, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, because we didn't already know that Carnage was going to be in the movie, so they had to let us know. Uh, at the same time, they announced that it is officially being pushed back to 2021. It will now, uh, instead of being released this October, Venom will uh, hit theaters June 25th of 2021. Uh, 2021 quickly becoming the most crowded box office year in history. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be wild. Yeah, hey, we could get seven Marvel movies that year. I don't think we will, but <laughs> we could. Well, it's especially with Morbius and Venom getting pushed into 2021, like yeah. not MCU films, but you're you're, you're yeah. getting close. I think you're at six currently scheduled Marvel movies of well, one look, kind and, or another. And obviously, New Mutants is definitely going to come out, so that'll be in 2021. Yeah, that could. If if New Mutants got pushed to, into 2021, that would be seven Marvel movies next year. So, yeah. it's, uh, it's by the way, the, if, if New Mutants gets pushed into 2021, I'll be really worried about what's going to happen that week before because of uh, what happened this time. So. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna stay boy. in my house. <laughs> um, well, the trick with the releases, right, and the scheduling is depending on how much the movies tie together, you can only delay certain movies so much, and, or, or and rejuggle the schedules, you know, based on what's been filmed and what the stinger sure. is at the end, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a really crowded. You know, we got to get this out before this moon, this one. So let's go ahead and push them out. You know, within two weeks of each other. Yeah, the 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 real. I mean, they did. They just like push everything back in this in the in the pattern yeah. at this point. But the we talked about it before, but like the Disney Plus shows are the big X yeah. factor because we don't know how right. much those time. We know of how a few of them tie together. Like we know that WandaVision has to come out before Doctor Strange too. Yeah, because absolutely. we know that Scarlet Witch is going to show up in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. But we other but like, can you put out Black Widow after? falcon and the winter soldier or does it or does it have to go before because it was supposed to be before uh well we'll right. just have to wait and see but going back to venom uh what do you guys think of the title let there be carnage well Silence. as you alluded Silence to from now as you alluded to we knew <laughs> carnage was in it and uh gamer girl in the chat already said she doesn't like the title uh i like the title uh if they are going to basically make it a shot for shot remake of let there be blood with woody harrelson <laughs> in the lead then i'm gonna be okay if that no i think that uh i i think it's fine look they want people to know what's special about this movie i, yeah. I think it's fine it's not my favorite title and I think the Carnage character is interesting. 
where I fell off from Spidey in kind of the early 90s was when it seemed like Venom and or Carnage were at least twice a year. And I was like, oh, there's so many other villains. I, I don't need them. But I'm excited to see the movie version of Carnage. Uh, so the the title, I think, is OK. But, you know, the fact that we already knew this doesn't take away from my excitement that I'm glad we will get to see Carnage on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Carnage's character doesn't interest me at all, except for the fact that Woody Harrelson is playing the character. I think that's that's the real kicker with it. So, uh, yeah, it's an obvious title, but, you know, it's selling the soap in that, in that sense. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, look, Carnage has never been a a favorite by any means. Venom is like one of my favorite foils to Spidey. Oh, sure. but I, We're also living in this world where like maybe the Spider-Man's there, but he's probably not, but like he could be. And we'll talk, there's like a, there was a, a, a another Instagram post that we're going to anal- overanalyze uh, in a moment. But uh, I think if you're going to do a Venom movie without Spidey, you need somebody like Carnage to play the foil. Like we're doing the anti-hero version of Venom so he needs the true, just like what is the what does the bad symbiote look like? And that's Carnage. Like that's the the first movie. That was one of the things that I kind of was like, meh, about in the first one is that we did like the evil symbiote, but it wasn't like we we're gonna we know we're gonna do another evil symbiote, but or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're talking about Venom here. The symbiote. Uh <laughs> the but we're so you might as well just lean into the most extreme version of that. And that is absolutely Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, uh, Cammy Egan says the new Venom title is pretty cool. As long as the story is better than the first film, Zia would fight you on that. Uh, and Carnage gets Zia a major screen wrong. time. Uh, I think you're, you're not going to hire uh, Woody Harrelson and, you know, you know, give him like 20 minutes of screen time in the movie. I, I think we're going to see a lot of Cletus oh, yeah. Cassidy, but then we're also going to see a lot of, uh, of Venom as well. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I my my main thing that I want to see in this movie uh, is I don't want them to. Oh, I I think we're we're at more of a risk of them overusing Carnage. To be honest, I want to see Eddie Brock have more character work to do in yeah. this. I want to see a back and forth. I want to see that because I've talked about it before. My favorite thing about Venom is the analogy for a romance between Peter Parker and the the suit and then eddie brock and it becomes uh, a triangle and then you get the the new the new lover who really like makes you your best self with flash thompson that's that's the thing that fascinates me about venom is the idea that it's like tracking a a, a relationship across these different superheroes uh, so i want to see i want to see something like that where you actually have to have eddie brock and the suit just like find that like deal with issues deal with deal with their own personal stuff between shows like we're fighting too much i just want to hang out on the couch and watch tv (laughs) no eddie i want to go bite people's heads off come on uh so uh, a couple comments in the chat uh that uh daniel drew says i still don't like harrelson playing carnage but enjoys carnage in the comics i just hope they do it right so that's a sort of an opposite decision and uh another comment from Kame egan because 
Do you think Woody Harrelson was a bad casting choice for Carnage, similar to Jamie Foxx as Electro? I think the casting of Jamie Foxx as Electro was not the mistake. It was the direction and the way that that character was written. Him as a supervillain would have been fine. I just think what yeah. they gave him to work with. I mean, I, I love Jamie Foxx in you know most things that I've seen him in, and uh, that is not one of them. And I do like that movie. I'm one of the only ones who likes Amazing Spider-Man 2, but uh, he's not my favorite part of it. I think Woody Harrelson, so great. I mean, he's got such, I mean, he's Woody on Cheers, but then he's also a true detective. He's in the Hunger Games. What can't Woody Harrelson do? Uh, well, you know, I guess what he can't do is is not latch onto a conspiracy theory. That's the one thing he can't do. <laughs> but other than that, what can he do on screen? I, I think he's a great choice for this character. The, like you could have gone in a very different direction, but I think if you're gonna go with like a crazed guy from the South who snaps and wreaks havoc, he's perfect. And he's gonna elevate that character into some crazy territory, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, I personally, I, I, I like this title cause it's weird. It's like it's like that thing where you come up with in order to like brainstorm out something good, you come up with a hundred different options, and by the by the time you get to like seventy five, you're just like, I what what are we gonna do with this? I have no idea. Let there be carnage, and you're like, huh, huh, like that's one of those deep down the list ideas that you just like fall for. I like it. It's weird, but I also love. Uh, the title for Lo Thor Love and Thunder. And Cr I know Christian hates that <laughs> title. I'm not a fan. I'm sure I'll like the movie, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I, my... I, I of, even... all, of all the Marvel movies on uh, in Phase 4, that is by far my favorite title. <laughs> I, 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 I've come around on Multiverse of Madness because uh, it, it, having that name, uh, I think, makes me more excited for it. So, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah no, Doc, Doc, Doctor Strange, I'm okay with, but uh, Thor, Love or Thunder, I would take that. Uh, why don't we have Thor Thunderstruck? You know, there's so many other ways to go, but anyway. Because then you have to pay out ACDC. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. They already did that for Iron Man yeah. 2. They're just that's like, true. not again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I just I love the idea that like it's all about uh, that Thor four is gonna be a like basically just a rom com. It's gonna be a rom com in space with a lot of hammers. Yeah, yeah, I I think I think that that's what it'll say on the poster. <laughs> rom com in space, a lot of hammers. I'm just saying, um, Disney marketing, I'm available. Uh, I am so, glad with Carnage with a Venom sequel that they save Carnage for the sequel because. There's a trend with the Marvel movies in general where the origin movies, the character's always fighting an evil version of himself. Um, Ant-Man is like that, the original Iron Man, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, the, the Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, essentially, yeah. uh, Captain America, uh, uh, Red Skull's essentially like uh, um, yeah, yeah no, Red, Red Skull's the Nazi America. version of, of yeah, Steve, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nice at least that they saved that this time out for the sequel. Yeah, I mean, it's a look. It's an. It's a. I don't want to. This is an. This is not meant to be a slight, but it is an easy way to do an origin story because f forcing yes. somebody to deal with their own inner demons personified and like Correct. deal with what is the worst version of yourself. Like, where's what is the bad direction you could go, and to like literally put it in front of you is a very clear way to demonstrate to show off a character before you then get into sequels where you can go in any different direction because you've established the character uh it's why you had like 
it's it's why it's so prevalent because it is a yeah. very clean way it's not it's not it's not easy because easy sounds like i'm 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 sliding people but like it's a clean way it's just a yeah. good way to, to yeah, absolutely introduce your character but when we can get past origin stories we can start to get into some weird territory like like look at thor ragnarok um but yeah and look and and two of my you know non-mcu movies but two of my favorite superhero movies are spider-man 2 the sam raimi one and and x2 because once you get the origin story out of the way you can really get into what i think is some of the best storytelling so yeah absolutely um but let's stay in title discussion land uh or actually hold on i was getting ahead of myself because there's one more thing to talk about with venom that will also be a clean transition point for me uh, to get to the next story uh, Tom Hardy posted on Instagram and then immediately deleted a photoshopped image of Venom crushing Spider-Man between his jaw. Uh, like the, it was the, it's the MCU Spidey suit just broken up as Venom takes a giant bite of Spider-Man. Uh, probably just tom hardy messing around while going nuts in quarantine but maybe not what do you guys think yeah you know this is where we're coming eventually i have to think that the the whole deal that sony made with marvel this time out had to have included uh, allowing the the marvel mcu peter parker to show up in these movies or or vice versa somewhere along the line so um I don't know if it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know if it's this movie. That might be like a stinger thing. So maybe yeah. a third time out. I, I I think that if we were to see that image in the movie, it would be some kind of uh, fantasy sequence. I don't think that sure. uh, Tom Holland's going to get eaten. But I I think that you know it, it definitely has us excited at the idea of even if we just see him for a second, you know, swinging by way off in the background, or we just see him as Peter Parker. Uh, the idea that we could see him in the movie, that's the exciting thing. I do not think Spider-Man is going to get his head eaten. No. Uh, if it if it does, I will never show this movie to my kids. So, you know, <laughs> just keep that in mind. No, no, no. Of course, that's it's not going to be like a moment in the movie, but you could see it as if, if Spidey was going to be in this film, you could I could see it being like a promo image to get you into the theater. Um, I yeah. Still don't think that Spider-Man is going to play a large part in this movie. Uh, that would be a huge surprise, even though we know that that's been Sony's like big want. That like that was sure. the big thing in that in those negotiations with Disney is they wanted Tom Holland to be in the Venom movies, and they then wanted Venom to be to appear in MCU movies because they want to they want to they want more of that Disney money uh, from those box office receipts, but. We'll just have to wait and see. Sony has the rights to. They could do it if they wanted to. Yeah. They don't technically, other than the, I think there's a, there was a, a discussion about the Spider-Man suit, the specific suit from the MCU might not be able to, sh- to show up in the Sonyverse movies without their permission. And that's why you had the uh, Raimi suit on the wall for, uh, uh, in the, the Morbius trailer. Yeah. Is right, that they exactly. don't? Sony doesn't have full rights to the MCU suit, uh, which is like a weird, complicated. This is all legal stuff. That's so I don't understand it, but I have to try to. Uh, yeah, it's all very strange. And then keeping in mind that Kevin Feige, who honchos everything at Marvel, has a has a firm grip on the yeah. way these stories unroll. So it's hard to see him saying, you know, sort of giving Sony free range 
uh, yeah he doesn't want to like let, he doesn't want to let anything outside of his yeah. his sandbox exactly. uh, but sony still has the rights and they yep. have the rights to title these movies in conjunction with Kevin Feige. And that's what we're talking about now because Amy Pascal was talking about Spider-Man 3, the new one, not not the old one. Not Well, we, we don't, don't know if we, there's going to be- don't, We don't talk about that one. We I was going to say it's not the dancing thing. one, but like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in this there, one. There could definitely uh, be dancing. Uh, but she did, so all, she didn't give us the full title, but she did tell us that it will have the word home somewhere in the title and we theorized about that before uh because that seems to be like the the clean way to just make this a trilogy it's the home it's yeah. the spider-man home trilogy is what we'll probably uh begin to st- like call it as we go forward because you need to differentiate when you talk about spider-man 2 and then like what you're like wait do you mean like spider-man 2 or like amazing spider-man 2 or spider-man far from home because those are all technically spider-man 2 uh so what do you guys think this title could be? It's coming out. It's scheduled for July of next year. Not pushed back yet. Although with Venom coming out in June, having a, another Spider movie three weeks later seems unlikely. But well, Zach, I know you hope it's for pushed. July. I know you hope it's pushed to the holidays because then it feeds into the title you want. Home for Hanukkah. <laughs> exactly. I know you could do home for the holidays and not like alienate people who don't understand what Hanukkah is, but like, come on. We all know Peter Parker's Jewish. Uh, <laughs> do we, do we are, are, are any of them actually uh, identified as Jewish, by the way? Uh, technically, Peter B. Parker in, okay. in Into the Spider-Verse is the only one who has been like truly identified as Jewish because at the wedding that sequence in into the spider-verse peter b parker crushes a glass ah, under okay. his foot he right. he like he's getting married in a jewish ceremony but the marriage of the chris pine spider-man like the the miles morales's universe in that movie he gets married in a regular uh, ceremony so he's probably christian yeah <laughs> so well, you never know. You never know when he decides to convert. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's he's funny from because Queens, like, guys, he's Jewish. <laughs> uh, homecoming, I thought was great because it really spoke to that. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's the idea. I mean, far from home made sense because he was traveling. And then this one, it's like, well, he's kind of on the run. And, uh, you know, is it just simple? Do they just go no place like home? And does he just mm. click his little Spidey boots together and then he goes back to, to see Auntie M as in Aunt May? I don't know. No Place Like Home isn't bad. Uh, yeah. It definitely fits with it. Because like, what do we know about the plot? It's going to be him most likely on the run. It's either him on the run or it's him like fighting legal battles for half the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have two. It's either going to be called Spider-Man Home Oh, just home. Is, okay. Yeah, him being pulled back, you know, back into. So we start the movie where he's on the run, and then 15 minutes in, it's about him getting pulled back into whatever with you know whatever plot is happening in uh, New York. Or mm-hmm. is Spider-Man homegrown and he's in Mexico as a marijuana grower? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the way to go. That's his underground, we'll undercover I mean, identity. All he has to yeah, do is yeah. move to LA. We got a couple of good ones from the chat. Uh, Here, we have well, Gamer I'm Girl. I'm curious if anybody. Oh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. <laughs> Gamer Girl has Spider-Man Homeland. 
uh, which I guess would be Ooh. him working for the CIA. But the one that I love, and uh, Zach, you'll like this, Charles Lee, Spider-Man home run. He can hide out at Shea Stadium since he loves the Mets. Uh, obviously, Heck that park yes. is called City Field now. But home run, I love that idea. Look, the other the other side of this is that we don't know how long we're going, how long it's going to be before production can start up. They could start filming right away if they just it's Spider Man stay at home. He's he's safe at home. He actually doesn't go outside for the entire movie. He's yeah. Uh, he's, well, they have he's, to film it all with Tom yeah. Holland like in his bathtub. He's because apparently he, he's been zooming. He's been facetiming people from his bathtub. Yeah, he's Robert he's Downey zooming Jr. with Doctor Kurt Connors, and then Norman Osborn pops up, and you know, there it's just the only fighting he really does is is it, they do like an insult battle, you know, like a like a roast battle basically. Mm. So, Look, he's yeah. doing everything over the web, so it's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i i'm that's what it's come to I never apologize for my puns oh. i'm so sorry for that yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel a little bit bad like <laughs> i've never felt bad from a pun before but that one kind of hurt me we we need to create a graphic where we put bars in front of you where you're in jail for a few minutes after one <laughs> and look i would deserve them too sometimes i'm not going to say you know any of us could be put in pun jail at some point so uh, any other ones from the chat any other home suggestions before we move on no but uh rock 620 says for charles lee idea uh that pete alonzo should have a cameo so that's a very specific mets reference and uh charles <laughs> lee also says i refuse to call it anything other than Shea stadium he's like i know it's called city field so uh i love that too so i'm glad that i'm glad that the, that a mets show broke out in our chat uh, I'll, I'll say this quick and then move on i i will say of all of the different like corporate high corporatized ballparks a city field is my favorite because it's like so generic that it might not be if you weren't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, the best one is the one in, in Cincinnati. It's named after a bank. It's Great American Ballpark. Unless you live there, you don't realize that's a bank. You're like, oh, that's a really cool name. And then one final thing, Ghost8386 says Spider-Man Homeward Bound, which I think that's the movie with the talking animals. Where Yes, they, it uh, is. Yeah. Yes, so it is. Who knows who his friends could be in Spider-Man Homeward Bound. Oh, my God. Can we get, Spi- uh, uh, well, Peter Porker. Um, you get course, him you get, get spider dog uh, there's, there's tons of spider characters you can get yeah. um there uh if you go deep into the spider-man multiverse there's a uh an out, out west there's a a spider-man who had a horse that wore a spider mask Sweet. possible uh, uh but ryan let's move in the on. Cha- ryan threw in one in the chat because he's mr fantastic i'll read this last one he says spider-man my hometown i think that's just because you want to use the bruce springsteen song in it i think that's the <laughs> only reason you're saying that ryan <laughs> it is uh, <laughs> as long as I knew I was right. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So moving on, because uh, we got a, a few things to get to, and I want to get to our fun, like uh, our fun topic. Uh, and I want to talk to Jeff more about his his comic. Uh, James Gunn says that someone will die in Guardians Three. Uh, so he was Thor. asked. Uh, it's definitely he, Thor. Thor's he was die. asked in a Q and A if uh, is someone going to die in Guardians Three? You know, it's the end of a trilogy. That's that's like that happens a lot in third movies uh and all he replied with was yes now before you go freaking out about the about the danger that rocket raccoon might be in uh all he said is that someone dies in the movie it could be anyone a chitari soldier could die in the movie and he's not lying to you so just keep that in mind uh do you guys think we'll see a death from any major characters in guardians 3 yeah, I'm gonna go Drax. 
I think that would actually uh, sort of flesh out his storyline. So yeah, I, it's true. I love the character, but I think that would give him a great arc. I, I absolutely, yeah. I, I agree with that. Unfortunately, I, I hadn't thought of that, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's like well who gets too expensive at some point? So do they want to stop paying Chris Pratt? So there, but I, I don't think that this would be the point where that was, but uh, Rocket right. and Groot, you can't I think Chris Rocket Pratt. and Groot are going to be around forever. You might yeah. get new voices for them, but they're not going sure. anywhere. Yeah, those yeah. characters are fine. Oh, they're they're not going to be get rid of Bradley Cooper. You know how easy this job is for him? Yeah, exactly. And you get uh, to put his name on the movie poster. So they, like, yeah. And here's the thing, like, I, I want the, here's the reason I don't think you're going to get any, any character any major characters are going to die in this movie uh you can't kill star lord from guardians like i know the guardians have had a, have had a million different lineups over the years but like as a movie franchise you can't kill chris pratt off gamora's yeah. already died once uh so you can't Correct. kill her uh rocket again you're not going to kill off bradley cooper uh groot's already died once yeah and and been brought back um Mantis I, and Nebula wouldn't necessarily have the like the the right like yeah. gravitas to be worth killing off. Uh, I don't think, and that that does leave Drax, but he also has had his like I'm gonna die moment in the films before. Like he's like I will do this and then see my daughter again. Like he's done it on screen. I don't know that you ha- like Thanos is dead, Ronan's dead. I don't think he has that arc left. I don't think he has a sacrifice worth like his life anymore. And that may hit his arc may be finding a reason to live. I actually think would be a more interesting uh, story for him because his goal's done. What do you do after you finish your lifelong goal? That's good writing. That actually gave me chills. That gave me chills, Jack. Zach, I love that. That's good writing. That's that'd be a good, a great arc for the third, third episode. Yeah, I mean that's the that's going to be the big question mark for a lot of them is like how do you move forward with yeah. after after everything that went down in Endgame and Infinity War. Uh, but let's uh, we got to keep moving. Um, and uh, more bad news uh, that you guys I'm sure have heard about by now. But Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, is officially canceled for this year. Not postponed canceled it will return in july of 2021 but they made the very smart call to yeah. cancel the con there may still be virtual panels virtual things going on uh around july we'll have to wait and see but the con itself will not be happening in san diego the, the convention hall is being used to house uh homeless people who don't have anywhere to go during the during the lockdown like it's there's a lot of and also you don't want to put a hundred thousand people in the same space uh where you think con crud's bad yeah, con crud yeah. in 2020 is uh is is deadly so i'm glad that they're shutting it down but christian you put this note in so yeah. uh you can shed some light. dragon con has not been postponed yeah yet. no dragon con takes place uh in atlanta and that is scheduled for labor day so it's a little bit later so you know they they very i don't want to say defiantly because that that gives it the wrong tone but they they announced they were like we're still planning to give everybody something to look forward to and you don't want to get too bogged down into the headlines but the fact of the matter is georgia is amongst the first states that are trying to reopen so you you look you can think whatever you want about that you just hope it goes well you hope everybody's safe so if that works you can see them all right well let's let's see what we can do so uh, I don't know for sure that that would change, but uh, I can see that being one 
that and it, look, it's not that's not the size of San Diego Comic Con. I, I think that that's that's at least a part of it. You get the feeling that they're kind of looking at doing one day of it, and uh, I do wonder kind of what the 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 con mm-hmm. would look like. But that's you know everything else. I haven't heard of anything else that's still happening. That one being in Labor Day, it's a little bit of a gray area because you have. You know, you have big events like Coachella still planning on happening in October here in, well, not here, closer to where Jeff lives in California. So, you know, I think that people are at least optimistic. And look, I'd love for there to be cons in September and October. I, I, I guess we'll just have to see. But uh, that, that one definitely jumped out at me, that Dragon Con's still happening. Yeah, look, I mean, look, uh, there's a lot of different stuff going on in, like, Atlanta supposedly opening up, but it's no no big companies are willing to open up yet um because they're they're playing it smart like look until we have like the the unfortunate likely story and we don't need to we don't need to dwell on this we'll get back into some fun stuff in a moment but the unfortunate thing is until we have a vaccine for this any con is dangerous and it would be it would behoove everyone to not participate because it's you're putting everyone around you at risk and not just yourself so uh, pay attention to what the people, places like the World Health Organization are saying and uh, listen to the science. And uh, that by listening to that, we will get back to nerding out together at cons and going and overspending on comic books very soon. <laughs> uh, so yeah, We uh, should put Hank Pym and Reed Richards on this. I think I said that last week. Those are the Reed scientists would, that I trust. Reed would have it done in like a week. Uh, but he would also like, he would find a way to do it, but somehow it would open up a wormhole into the negative zone. Yeah. Yeah. No, Reed would, Reed would accidentally create a far worse threat to the human race by creating the, uh, you know, so yeah, that's, that's the beauty of Reed. And do you trust Hank Pym after the whole Ultron thing, at least from the comic book standpoint? So great point. there's that yeah. too. So yeah, how trustworthy are these guys? Yeah. I think, well, them? here's the thing. So. Again, Pym would, Pym would solve it. It, may, it would take him a little bit longer than Richard. Sure. He would get it done. Uh, he would just alienate everyone in his life while <laughs> doing it. Uh, and then, uh, but to be honest, the one per here's... <laughs> And then, like the, of of all the powerful minds, like then you jump over, go go to uh, go to my home country, go go get a Latveria, uh, get Doctor Doom on it. He'll he'll have a vaccine out for you in a day. Oh yeah, but he's gonna yeah. sacrifice a hundred thousand people to yeah. do it. He's like yeah. that. That see that's the thing. None of these are good options. No, <laughs> no, no. yeah, uh, no. Doctor Doctor Doom would have you know free ice cream for everyone in Latveria, mm-hmm. and that's actually the trial run. You know, testing yes. out the the drugs, the vaccines. It's like let's see what happens when everybody eats this free ice cream. So yeah, you'll 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 need to really monitor him. But uh, yeah, look, we we mentioned them earlier. You could also you know you get Kurt Connors and Norman Osborn, and of course, well, we can't get Tony Stark anymore. But uh, Stark Industries. Ooh. So you know, there's right. plenty of people. Uh, listen to real scientists and not fake ones is what we're trying to say. Um, but anyway, so moving forward, uh, there is a fun thing that Christian wanted to make sure you guys were aware of coming to, uh, as part of Disney plus, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it's Friday night. So yes, that is tomorrow night, the 24th. That's uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a watch along. I think a lot of people who have Disney Plus have realized that the, uh, X-Men 1992 animated series, X-Men, the animated series is there. Uh, along with a ton of other great animated series. But uh, so there's a watch along with uh, creator Eric Lewald, his wife, Julia, and then uh, Teeny Howard of Marvel. 
Uh, Z and I introduced uh, Eric, uh, sorry, we interviewed uh, Eric and Julia for Marvel TV Weekly. You can find that interview. We talked to them for more than an hour. Uh, that's out there on YouTube. And uh, they're delightful. They have so much insight to that show. And there's actual things that because of the production schedule, you find out that they did things first in the show. And then the comics were like, oh, we want to do that. So then it looked like they took it from the comics. But uh, so they have a lot of great insight into making that show, which I think is a show that universally, I would say all of the all of us watching this show right now probably, uh, you know, love that X-Men animated series. So I think that would yeah. be fun to do a little watch along. Yeah. Uh, I also feel the need to point out uh, Julia Luald uh, is joining not just Eric Luald's wife, but also a, a writer and producer on yes. uh, X-Men and the Animated yes. Series. She she wrote a number of the episodes. Yeah, I, I, I misidentified them as co-creators at one point. So now I'm I'm uh, overly careful in how I, I position her credit. But yeah, she was also a writer on the show. Absolutely. Yes. The marriage is incidental, but she did write some of the show. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, real quick, just like another note, uh, uh, this continues to be just a weird time in Hollywood. Uh, Marvel has officially terminated its overall deals with two of its television showrunners. Uh, Paul, oh boy, Paul Zibischewski. Uh, I Doesn't don't matter know now, how anyway. to pronounce that name, uh, but he was an executive producer on S.H.I.E.L.D. and he was yeah. the showrunner on Hellstrom. Uh, or is the showrunner Hellstrom? That part is a little bit unclear because that show's still in production. Uh, but him and Steve Lightfoot, who was the showrunner for Punisher on Netflix, both had overall deals with Marvel Television. And uh, Disney has claimed force majeure, uh, which basically means, uh, long story, legal terminology, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Disney's saying because of the virus and the shutdown of production, that is a good enough excuse for them to cancel these deals and not have to pay out the final amounts on, of the deal go, going forward. Uh, so that is, uh, it doesn't really affect anything except for Hellstrom. Yeah, I would say, I would say. It, done. It, it, Hellstrom's yeah. are shot and in post. Uh, and then Punisher has been off the air for yeah. a while. I think, yeah. I think the one takeaway is that it reinforces the thought that I think a lot of us have that uh, Hellstrom's going to be one and done. We're just going to get one season of it. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I think that's really the one thing that it says. Yeah. It was just the one that was like, it was too far along to pull the plug on. So if right. I guess it's like, it's, it's good, it's fine. Uh, we weren't going to do anything with Hellstrom anytime <laughs> <Anyway>. soon. <laughs> so finish the show. Put it up on Hulu, and then uh, we'll pretend it never existed. Uh, <laughs> not, not that it's going to be bad. It'll still be there for everyone to watch, but the MCU sure, is yeah. not going to acknowledge it. Uh, anyway, I want to get to the fun topic uh, for today, because we're talking about, uh, inspired by, uh, Jeff, your series, uh, The Alternate, which is a comic book series available now on digital. Uh, we want to talk about the best Marvel Ultimate alternate reality uh the most fun the one you enjoy the most i kind of i said ultimate because i was i kind of want to take the ultimate universe off the table because that's an easy sure. one to say because yeah. it's so like the ultimate universe has so much good stuff it's its own whole world of books but i'm talking about like a true alternate reality where everything's twisted and changed uh do you guys have one off the top of your head a favorite and chat let us know your favorite like alternate dimension alternate universe in marvel there's so many of them so uh, mine real quick go ahead uh, go ahead yeah uh, it, only a two issue thing yeah marvel two and one number 50 which is a 
for Christian knows this, it's a thing, a team-up series that ran from the 70s to the early 80s. And it introduces an, uh, an alternate version of the thing. Uh, there's, a lot, there's time travel involved, so I don't want to get too into it to spoil it. But it only, <laughs> it only takes place in that issue and in issue 100, which is the last issue of the series. It's a great sort of quick, easy read. It also happens to be John Byrne's first uh, full script job for Marvel. Uh, so he did the art in the, in the first. What part was as well. it about the the what is it about the alternate world of that story that stands out to you so much? Well, I can tell you this: the the setup is you get it in the first three pages. It's a very clean story. Reed Richards develops a serum that will cure the thing, but it only would have worked in the early days of him having been the thing. So Ben decides, okay, I'm just going to use Doctor Doom's time platform, take it back in time, give it to myself as an earlier version of myself. And that would be the cure. And let's say it doesn't work out quite that way. And so you end up with one of these, it's not, it's Earth like 3814 or whatever. You have the main Marvel Universe is Earth 616. So this is Earth, Earth 3814. And you know, comedy ensues. Comedy in big, bold, like 1970s Marvel action. <laughs> nice. So. Christian, what uh, about you? What's a story? For, what's an alternate universe that really for stands me, out to you? It's uh, the the Age of Apocalypse, which was uh, you know they they basically turned the entire mutant line over for four months to do this alternate reality story, and and the gist of it is David Holler, our friend, also known as Legion, decides that he wants to help his dad in his own deranged way, so he goes back in time, and he's going to kill Magneto. Except, whoops, he kills Professor Xavier. So instantly you have this alternate timeline. That's the, if you've ever seen the Wolverine with only one arm and you know, there's like a, an adamantium stump on the other hand, uh, that it's a fascinating alternate reality that uh, they've used a couple of times. And this alternate version of cable known as X-Man, uh, actually they transitioned him to the main MCU because, uh, he was such an interesting different version of the character. So that's it for me. Close runner up days of future past. But, uh, I think that they really explored the, the age of apocalypse really well. Nice. Uh, for me, my favorite, like, I like the ones that go like weird and extreme 1602, uh, the Neil Gaiman oh, series, yeah. sure. uh, where it's literally what would the Marvel universe look like if it was in the 1600s is so much fun as a big Marvel nerd nerd. You have Sir Nicholas Fury, who's like the, uh, the Queens man who has like a, basically creates the the underground shield secret service for the queen in england his 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 uh his ward peter parqua uh <laughs> who's partially french and has spider powers you have uh sir anthony stark who's spanish and is just in a big suit of armor cuz he's a knight it all lines up uh and then the the big crux of that series is uh is centered around mutants which are uh, uh, are basically like they're considered they it's a it's a, a witch hunt like they they're considered like witch witches and uh, are witch folk I oh I should, I didn't write down the exact term it's been a few years since I read it but it's a super fun and interesting book where like you have all of the mutants on the run from the Spanish Inquisition essentially that they're they're being hunted down. Uh, obviously it's very similar to that, but just the, the fun of creating these weird 1600s versions of every single Marvel character is so much fun to read. It's, uh, it's on, 
uh, Marvel Unlimited. So if you want to check it out, and there's a couple spinoff series. Like they did uh, Fantastic Four 1602, like focused on them. Uh, it's a good time. It's uh, it's really interesting. And like some of the magic users are just like full on there. And what they do with Captain America is like super interesting uh, and weird. I don't want to spoil that one. Uh, also, I'm being corrected in the chat by Langley M. Neely that I mispronounced <laughs> Peter Parkwa, Par, Parka. Parka? Parka. What? So they moved him to Boston? Peter Parker. <laughs> I thought he was French, so I was like, yeah. Parkwa. Well, uh, uh, but some of the ones we see in chat, uh, uh, Ghost8386 says Marvel Zombies uh, and <laughs> the Noir Universe. That's a really cool one. Yeah. I, the Noir Universe is always fun. And not just the like the clean Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse one, but uh, yeah. the Noir Universe one. Christian and I were talking about it before the show. Yeah, that's the only one that I'd be okay living in, I think. A lot of these other uh, alternate realities I, I have some issues with. But, you know, before <laughs> we run out of time, obviously, alternate yes. realities brings us into uh, the alternate, which is Jeff's comic, uh, the sixth is- issue of which is available on Comixology, and I assume you can get it other ways, but that's uh, how I've seen it. So uh, in our final moments, Jeff, explain what the alternate is and kind of what the uh, inspiration was for the series. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, just in line with this, it's all about alternate universes. It's something I've been fascinated with when I first started reading comics, mostly because of this uh, Marvel 2-in-1 comic that I mentioned and DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it's about a guy. His name is James Conrad, and he's the only superhuman on Earth. And he does like what most people would do, being uh, gifted by fate with amazing powers. He becomes a celebrity and becomes rich and famous. And his life's going fine. He's uh, dating supermodels. He's making tie show appearances until this alien invasion. And through the course of that, he gets thrown to an alternate reality. And in that reality, there are tons of superheroes, including another version of himself who's smarter, better looking, more powerful, and much more heroic. And that's the jump off point for the series. Awesome. And what was it that like, because like you, uh, it's really interesting what you set up with like metal and then versus like metal man. Uh, right. what was what went into like deciding what that alternate world was going to look like did you play with like oh well you could see him in like uh, as a human you could see him as like even more powerful what what was what went into that that choice yeah the whole thing when i came up with this it was a time where marvel and dc weren't really doing the alternate universe storylines and I, I just really missed that um and that's obviously picked up a lot you know in recent years <laughs> uh but <laughs> So I, I, I love this concept that the, from the DC universe, there was the, a pre-crisis on Infinite Earth Superman. He could move planets. He could, he could juggle the moon. And then the, the post-crisis Superman wasn't as powerful. And I thought, wow, it would be cool if those two characters met. And that was sort of the jump off. And then it sort of evolved a little bit, like what would make two characters different? And I kind of get into that in issue four about their backstory and sort of explains uh, exactly what put them on different paths. Um, so that's, that's essentially it. Uh, you know, I started out with a book where I was doing more, uh, analogies of Marvel or DC characters and I sort of ditched all that. And so the, uh, the other characters, I have Jack Pumpkinhead from the Wizard of Oz. Uh, there's a character called the expert who is sort of like Reed Richards, but he's uh, cooler for lack of like Reed Richards and Tony Stark sort of pushed together. Um, awesome and so, this is up on uh it's up on comiXology right you have yeah, it's a six issue so series that's right if you check it out you're not hurting your local comic book shop at, at all it's closed because it's only on digital anyway so uh yeah comiXology awesome yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the final point i know we have to wrap up uh the the last uh issue uh you and i yeah. talked about 
off the air, you have a, a couple of characters that surprisingly are in the public domain now, uh, Blue Beetle and a character named Wonder Man who's not the Marvel Wonder Man. Yes. <laughs> so talk about figuring out how you can actually have access to these characters that surprisingly are in the public domain. Yeah, there are tons of these characters from old comic book companies, mostly from the 30s, 40s, who you know just published books, they went out of business, and nobody bothered to renew the rights. And so there, you can go online, you can find resources that list uh, dozens of them. And the weird thing is some of them have names like Blue Beetle and Wonder Man that are owned by Marvel and DC. So the, the trick of it is you can use the characters, you can use their names, just not on the covers because of the trademark issues. Uh, and Wonder Man in particular is an interesting backstory where he was created by Will Eisner, who also famously created the Spirit, the long-running comic strip. Um, but DC uh, saw the book and they thought this is a clear Superman knockoff. So they sued the publisher and they won. So he only appeared in one book in 1939 and he was gone. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. so that, those, are, those are fun characters to use and, and sort of reimagine. Yeah. Well, I've read all six issues and uh, I highly recommend them, not just because I like Jeff, but partially because I like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. Whatever the reason yeah. is, I don't care. Come check it out. I appreciate everybody checking it out. Yeah, awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us uh, yeah, yeah, for, for Marvel time. Movie News this week. Uh, Going to keep getting getting weird, talking about more Marvel stuff as much as we can once a week uh, here on Popcorn Talk. Uh, thank you, everyone who's watching, for joining us live. Uh, Jeff, if people want to find you on the internet, other than just searching for the alternate on Comixology, where can they go? On Twitter, I'm at... Jeff Winstead on Instagram. I'm at Jeff Winstead. We keep it very simple. Perfect. Christian, what about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And I have my personal podcast, the Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Our uh, episode earlier this week, our friend Zia joined us for about 20 minutes. And uh, you can see the video of that on our YouTube channel. And we're doing a live 375th episode on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 Eastern. You can find that on the Blackcast YouTube page. Awesome. Uh, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. And uh, also check out my other podcast, uh, Getting Weird on Ships in the Night, which we're doing on Twitch every Wednesday live at 8 p.m. at twitch.tv slash packtheater. And then it's up on podcast form. Uh, last night we talked about w- the, the real Tiger King battle. What if uh, what if Tigger and Hobbs got together? Uh, what would that what would that relationship look like? Uh, that's available at twitch.tv slash pack theater, and it'll be up in a couple weeks on the podcast as well. Uh, until next time, guys. This has been Marvel Movie News saying, "Wash your hands for the love of God." And Excelsior. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.